It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. Yo, man. Boom, Miss Rusty. What is up, everybody? It is Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Come out to the monster truck races here on the Quantum Global Broadcasting Network, QGEBN. <laughs> um, welcome to the pop, pop podcast, the public access podcast here on the Quantum Global Broadcasting Network. And sponsored by Fred Ben Savage's Fuck Stoner Eats Productions, Hardcore and Entertainment, Hypnosis is Great, and Sock em Up. That is S-O-C-K-E-M-U-P. If you want to go to the to the website maybe you want to donate to people who need socks people need socks all over it's the most requested least delivered item for people that are in need so go to socke.mup.org you can donate right there if you want maybe send some socks send some socks people need socks you get do that real easy i think i need to make that easier Hmm. Okay. So that's uh that's something. Anyway, that's not what this is about today. It's Sunday morning and well, it became a nice day again. So I thought today was gonna be kind of a crappy day, but uh it's not. So it looks like I might be going to the water slides again today. One yesterday. Go again today. Why not, you guys? But the show is not the Water Slide podcast yet. So, with that said, I'm going to bring on my special guest right here, right now. And right here, right now, we have Aya Hojadova. How are you doing, Aya? I think I got her. Oh, what did I do? Nothing, nothing, nothing. It's so I close. Exploding. Okay. <laughs> I see, I see it trying to go no. on. I'm like, I don't know. I hope it's going to work. I'm sorry. I was just clicking way too many things. Sometimes I'll just do that to technology and I work faster than technology. So, hey, it's, it's better it's than, yeah. yeah, better than not working fast enough for technology. Uh, That's true. Not yes. yet. Hi, yeah. Everyone. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for being here and you know showing up. Uh, yeah, like I said, on on a Sunday morning, getting to to be you know flexible with it. And I don't I don't often record on Sundays. No reason really why, but why not? Why not? I can I can do a Sunday and uh, yeah. I mean. Yeah. That, Thank you for having me. Thank you for being flexible. And, you know, let's let's break the barriers of not recording on Sunday. And let's be the first ones to record on Sunday. I think so. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of people who are putting out episodes this early on Sunday. So maybe before people are even awake, especially people who are on uh, who are not on the East Coast uh, are going to be they're going to have even less time. They're going to be waking up. And they're going to go, oh, well, there's already 
already a podcast going here. It's, uh, it, you know, it's interesting with, with all the time zones and, and whatnot. It's nice that we can do this where, you know, we can meet with people kind of all over the world, even though you're, you're not that far, uh, relatively far from me, but, uh, yeah, like 10 hours. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. a 10 hour drive. Yeah. Have you done that drive before? No, not what? Well, hold on. Uh, let me. So I haven't drove to Con uh, Connecticut yet. Um, you, That's where you're. Yeah. That's where you're at, right. No, I haven't been there, but I, when I made my move, so um, I grew up in California. <laughs> when I where made in California? Move, uh, San Francisco. Okay. All right. What, mm -hmm. When did you leave? um year after 2020 so it's just like all right well everyone else is moving i this is a perfect time for me to move too um and so i drove cross country moved all my stuff packed all my stuff um and i moved to south carolina and this was actually during the time when i was very serious about my acting career my modeling career and then covid happened kind of shitted everything up for everyone um so yeah it's just like okay well i'm working from home i can work from anywhere technically let me go and explore and see what life has to offer and here i am in south carolina two years after and it's just been an amazing trip so what route did you take did you go along the the 80 whichever was the shortest <laughs> Because it was like a five-day drive for me, um, I did, yeah, I don't even remember. I wouldn't be able to tell you. That's one thing I'm really bad at is remembering the highway names. Because if you go and you go from there, it's basically you take one road. Well, no, I guess if you're going down to South Carolina. So, There's... yeah, it's like, did you go down to the, uh, like, I don't know. Did, did you go drive along the eastern coast at all, or did you just kind of cruise into town from uh, inland? I I cruised in. Um, no, I didn't explore. So I just drove from California straight to South Carolina. I stopped by Georgia. That's where my brother is. Um, and then I just went straight to South Carolina. I was just when the the the, the, <clears throat> the month when I decided to make the move, I was just so ready to get out of California. That was It was during the time where everyone was just like, pack your stuff and haul ass, like get out of California. It was during that time. And when I remember the day when I like we left, we, we took off from um, our house in California and we left. Um, there were a lot of other um, U-Hauls Gosh, don't even start me with the U-Hauls. But yeah, there was just a lot of moving trucks and they were all leaving California. It was a really crazy moment for me. and was just very telling in terms of what California has turned into. And then once I got to South Carolina and just seeing all the news, the local news from Bay Area, and just like it just got even worse and worse, like over the year, the last two years, it's just been a little bit sad to watch. You went a lot further than a lot of people in California. Um, I'm I'm from Portland, so um, so California. It was it used to be back in like the '90s, '80s, the '80s and '90s. It was everyone from California 
moved to Oregon and then they started moving to Washington and then it went to Colorado and then it went to Utah and now it's doing Wyoming, Idaho and Montana. And Texas. Uh, and te oh, Texas. There was a bunch that went to Texas. Yes, a lot of Californians. I mean, Texas is huge, so I guess there's a lot of space and it is of a less of a drive than going to South Carolina <laughs> and all the other Southeast states. But yeah, now Texas is just getting probably overpopulated. I don't know. By Californians. Yeah. 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 Especially, yeah, I mean, yeah, after the uh, COVID and all that stuff and a lot of people were just like, okay, it's time to go. I, I was in Utah and I drove from Utah out here. And so that was a, that was a drive. That was a haul, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it was the same sort of thing. I just in the car for a while, but got to see a lot of the country I hadn't seen yet, um, which was cool. Tried to try to go a little different route. Cause if I wanted to, I could have just gone along the 80, which goes like, I think it starts in San Francisco and it goes through like Reno and then, you know, kind of meanders, but it goes all the way to like to New York, just like straight across. And um, yeah, you'd be going up upstates rather than, yeah, I think mine, I was hitting like the middle of the country. So like, I'm, I've hit Arizona and I'm looking away off screen because okay. I actually have a map of the United States um, on my wall. So I'm just like looking like, where did I hit all those states? So like, I was kind of like in the middle, I hit Arizona, New Mexico, like little parts of Texas, Oklahoma. So like I was in the middle, but there's, I know there's different routes that you can go. You can go upstate, lower state. I don't even know how to say them, but yeah. <laughs> How'd you like that drive? Or was there anything along the drive that you enjoyed or? didn't enjoy uh it was it was a fun drive I, it was really interesting to just see what each state had to offer like just even you can, i know like you'll learn more about the city and the state when you go drive into the city but just being able to drive outside like the highways still were able to you could kind of tell what kind of a um energy was in the, is in the air but also like the nature surrounding the weather like you can kind of feel the, I don't know. Um, it was it was interesting to explore and just to see like, okay, every state has its own energy, style, right? Environment, approach. Um, but I didn't really get to like explore as much as I wanted to. I think my goal really was get to South Carolina, start a new life, and then we'll go from there. So I wasn't really in the exploring mood of, Let's explore the country. Let's just go to a whole new state you've never been to. There's no one there. And let's just start from scratch. I think that's where my mind was but while I was making that drive. And it, yeah, that's what motivated me to come to my destination. Yeah. I think it'd be easier to if didn't have uh, like all of our shit in like in the thing with us like i'd feel a lot better if i just had a car yeah. with like an empty car if i didn't have all my possessions in this thing um uh, basically uh, like yeah i don't want to i don't want to be yeah. stopping in too weird places uh i gotta kind of make and, sure i know where yes exactly and to top it off um 
like that's you just described all of San Francisco that was one of the many reasons why I moved was you can have an empty car and still like if you go to San Francisco you you can have an empty car leave it parked in a nice neighborhood and still get your car broken into yep um and so like having to walk with that mindset and that anxiety like and driving through that uh after leaving california it was uh and then moving to south carolina which is like the most peaceful state i think it took me another month just to get over that mindset of like no one's going to try to rob me (laughs) no one's going to try to do anything you know like because san francisco is just so it feel it felt like a war zone everyone was you always had to like clutch to your bag and clutch to everything um, because you just never know someone can just like surprise you and attack you, rob you, punch you in the face and run away. So you always have to be on edge. It took me like an hour, a, a whole month. I'm, I'm serious. Uh, just to let go of that anxiety when I came to South Carolina. It's a little bit sad, um, but I guess that's what uh, the big cities do to people like the civilians, I guess. Yeah. The whole West Coast, every big city is just gone to shit. It's sad. Uh, okay. I mean, I went to, let's see. I went to Portland and San Francisco, like in the last few years, too. And I mean, just watching kind of what it's become. Like, I, I went to down into the city here, I went to New York, and like, New York looked better than Portland did, looked better than, you know, Vancouver, San Francisco, Seattle, any of those. Just, um, I, I was in San Francisco. I saw, this was five or six years ago. I saw a middle of the day, I saw an eight-year-old kid with his mom. I assume this is what was going on, but I saw an eight-year-old smoking crack. That was, that was an interesting one. Um, but yeah, I was down there a few years ago. And I'm like there in Portland. There's just so many people, like so much shit on on the shit and needles all over. And you have to watch out kind of for that. And mm-hmm. so, I, I mean, yeah, I just, I don't know. It's it's hard. I mean, both were very beautiful cities. Um, I mean, I, every city on the West Coast was just so beautiful. And all of them have just kind of gotten taken over so it's you know great to be away from that and yeah I think I remember um this was a year maybe this was a few months before um the whole white pandemic happened um and we were all forced to stay home but I remember walking in downtown San Francisco behind this um woman who was on the phone and I remember having that conversation like that same week about where there's poop everywhere in San Francisco. And I was just like, no way. Um, there's no poop. Like, what? But that's also me because I don't really hang out in downtown. And so you don't go all to of a sudden I have or... I'm, yeah, I'm in downtown that same week, walking behind a woman who's on the phone and he, she's complaining to, I guess, a friend and saying, Oh my God, I just stepped on like the third poop of the day today. Like, what the hell? And I'm like, wow, okay. So I guess there really is poop. <laughs> I, I'm just blessed not to have stepped on it. That being said, I will say, um, speaking of poop, um, I once saw a homeless man take a do, take a, yeah, take a squat, pop a squat, 
and to poop right in the middle of the street in San Francisco. And that was just me passing, driving through. I didn't even walk, like, like the audacity. I had to see that while I'm driving, man. I, I have stories. I have so many stories to share when it comes to San Francisco. I don't want to poop on San Francisco. I love San Francisco, but golly, the city has turned into poop fest. My gosh. Right. Um, yeah. yeah, it's kind of sad. Yeah. <laughs> Very sad. Yeah. And so uh, you said you're doing modeling and acting out there mm -hmm. too. Um, were you doing stuff? in the city where like they'd have you know have to have permits and but then like have have to worry about people coming on on set and you know being a an, an inadvertent extra pooping in the background or something or was there any like i i saw some of that up in portland i was doing some stuff up there and i did I did security and, and then I did some other like stuff with the shows and movies and stuff up there, but it was, there were some interesting people that came along. Um, Cause you know, whenever there's, you start seeing those little, you know, yellow signs everywhere, then you, or whatever color they were, wherever you were. And then people start knowing. Just yeah. random people approaching you and just like, Hey, can I be in the movie? Are you talking about those kinds of people? Yeah, or or just yeah, or people that come up and are, are you know, I mean, if the people are coming up and they're pooping on the ground, like just sort of wandering into it or having to get them kind of uh, out of the area for the shoot, or did was there any any stuff like that you came across? You know, I was privileged enough, I guess. No, um, I worked with a lot of smaller crews and most of them were more on the go. Um, and the bigger crew that I did work with, they had, um, and if you did work outside, they had security that they would make, make sure like nobody would be on set. And if there are bystanders going, like if they need to go through set, like again, security will like um, guide them through that before shooting, right? Um, right no I never had crazy uh, bystanders I will say this was um I did an industrial shoot it was like my first year um and it was in Silicon Valley so a lot of uh I'm not sure how how familiar you are with the market in San Francisco but it's considered to be the B market so not the hottest when it comes to films but still there's a lot of industrial work that you can get as an actor and model um and so we were filming um a video for a, cor a corporation that was in um, Silicon Valley. And one of the employees, um, I guess, really like found this, like the crew and the talent um, profound. And they're like, oh, can I take a photo with you guys? So I was like, okay, but you don't even know us. And he's like, yeah, but I still want to take a photo. I was like, all right, well, this is cool. So yeah, that was like, that was my favorite moment. Like, oh, so this is what it feels like to have random people ask you to take photos okay let's pose <laughs> that was fun <laughs> so because i heard this other one too and i but i've had this uh so like when people come up to you there's this thing of people say like what are you filming and there's like i guess i don't know if it's a joke or like uh something and they say they're they're filming a mayonnaise commercial um as something like 
so people won't ask and there's no really follow-up questions after that uh as opposed to i i've never heard anyone say it uh most people are usually pretty quick to be like oh well you know we're filming a movie and like oh who's in it and you know then you got all those other questions that keep going yeah. and going but yeah. um i said it a few times but then people thought that i was talking you know it was some code for for an adult movie and uh like nobody's like, oh no, there was no. Oh, okay, cool. He's filming a mayonnaise commercial. It's just like, okay, well, now I opened a whole new can of worms. So now I just I need to think of something, something else to to say. But um, I don't know. I feel like anything you say when you're on set, even if you're the security guy, even if you're just the um, uh, production assistant, you know, anyone. Yep. If you're on set and you are just standing there, talent it doesn't matter who you are. The bystander, like it's over, you're just an easy target for the bystander to come in and start asking all these questions because you have to understand, like at least for me, um, when before I joined, before I began my acting career, like I had no idea of what being on set was like. So I didn't even know the kind of questions to ask. So my curiosity, like, I didn't even know anything. So if I were to see something on set, which has never happened to me um, as a bystander, as a regular person, I would have also just been like, whoa, this is so cool. And I would probably ask the dumbest questions, you know, like for us, since we're on set, like a lot of the questions that bystanders ask to us, they're stupid, right? Like, what's that? Oh, that's a boomer. What's that? That's a light. What does this thing do? Like, oh my God. <laughs> you know, so but like to them, like that's interesting because now they're starting to see how um the recipe is being made, right? If you think about it, like how the whole thing is being made. And so to them it's like, whoa. Um, and so yeah, I don't think there's ever a right answer from uh <laughs> for for us to give them um, yeah, like, oh, they're filming mayonnaise, like, well, shoot, now you've now you really opened a whole can of worms because yeah. like well, how can you film a mayonnaise and get it excited and why do you need a whole permit why do you need you know now you you really did yep. just open up a whole can of worms i don't know i would have been asking yep. all them questions <laughs> yeah right yeah it's like okay well you kind of did okay, that bye. i brought that on myself there yeah yep yeah exactly uh, i was lying i'm sorry uh and so i mean what was what was the first thing you your first gig you had um as an uh so I guess this was more as a model. I wasn't really acting. I was modeling. Um, it was a, my first gig. It was a small crew. <clears throat> we did it for a backpack uh, company. And um, we shot some social media footage and um, some footage for their website, like for their um, menu product uh, website of all the product types. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. And then, then it kept you coming back to to do more after that. Oh yeah, it was my so it was very my my very first. Uh, I guess that was my second, but I consider it my first because it was my very first uh, full day of work. Um, and the reason why it's still stuck in my mind as my first was because uh, one, I was super intimidated. I was just like, I've never been booked as a talent before, so that was like whoa in itself too I was like is this even real am I even gonna get paid um I don't know about you Rusty and what the process is for you in terms of how you find work as um as an actor and but um so I used casting networks and at the time 
again, being it my first booked job, I don't even know if this is my first. Is I don't know if this is legit. I'm now like thinking like, whoa, stranger danger. Um, but it was such a great experience during lunchtime. Even like the director was, he handed lunch to me. He's like, I want to make sure you eat. And I was like, well, damn, like, okay, thank you. Um, and it was just like a very memorable experience because it was the first time I really felt like I was taken care of. Um, I was always, uh, prior to that, prior to acting, I was always the one taking care of everybody else. I was the one hustling, always making sure everyone else was happy. And for the first time on set as a talent, not only the, do I have the PA making sure that I'm hydrated, that I'm looking good, you know, like they want to make sure that I'm good on screen, right? Um, so that was the first for me. And then now here's a director like handing me a sandwich, like with his hand and saying, make sure you eat. I want to make sure you look you you're good for the next shoot and I'm like whoa this is some royal treatment this is great I can get used to this um it was it was an amazing experience and that's really where the whole addiction started of like okay I want more I want to do more work I want to be more like I want to be on set more and more and more and um yeah as soon as I got that experience I just started to put myself more out there I started getting bookings as an actress as a model and it's just been an amazing experience up until COVID hit. And then just ruined yeah. everything. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it really tough. Yeah. I yeah, I mean like it was it was weird because yeah, I was where was I? Even when I came back, or not came back, I was in when it started, I was in Minnesota and then I wasn't really doing much out there. But then even when I went out to Utah, I mean, there was a a bunch of still having to do all the uh, COVID guidelines and everything for all that. It was still odd. and But it, everything else had eased up. But for some reason, it was still like everybody around, nobody's wearing a mask or anything. But then all of us on set had to wear a mask. There was some, you know, it was it was odd and then you have to go and take the tests beforehand for like every day you shoot or when you get on the set had to do that and um yep yeah um so, i'm glad that part's passed yes. for now yeah oh well so we i actually right before covid hit i booked a lead role um lead oh actress role for a feature film um independent feature film called pride jewels so it's out now but uh at that time this was during 2020 got booked and i think it was like no i actually think it was the week right when we shut down so i get booked a few days later boom and what is it lockdown Ooh. right uh, everyone's locked down no filming no nothing even though the plan was to film like in april of 2020 and lockdowns happened in the middle of March for us in San Francisco. And so by, we had to push everything back, the crew, I think by July. And yeah, it was just, uh, it was, it was an experience in itself because this was the first time all of us, the crew, the talent, we all filmed during COVID. So yeah, we had to kind of go through that whole process of making sure no one's bringing anything. Um, we're, we're all getting that rapid testing every single day, 
keeping that distance, making sure we're wearing all the masks, protection, like protecting ourselves, right? Uh, keeping that six feet distance. It was wild, but we achieved it. And yeah, you can't really tell anything on, on film, but it was just in a, that was an experience in itself to be able to film during COVID. Yeah, it was uh, masks up. And then unless you're wearing a lot of makeup, the people who, who were wearing a lot of makeup were usually exempt from having to wear a mask. But that it's, was me. Yeah, you're, you're lucky. And then it's like, okay, action. Okay, take your take your masks off, action. And then as soon as you say cut, put them back on yeah. every every time. And so, you know, it's all like, you know, COVID, COVID stops when, when they say action and uh right that's right COVID yeah, yeah. COVID doesn't it, exist the moment the reactor says and action <laughs> yeah and then, and then it, it comes back as soon as they say cut that's right uh, so <laughs> put it back up and yeah. um yeah it was yeah I was like oh man I, I wish I was wearing a lot of makeup and I got to to be that part where it's like, oh, wait, wait, why, why does she have to wear anything? Well, she's wearing a lot of makeup. And it's like, okay, yeah, I, I get it. You don't want to yeah. have to go and touch that up every time. But That's right. Rusty, it doesn't look good when you've got lines in your cheeks. Right. And, I mean, come on now. Yeah. <laughs> tiger, uh, tiger cheeks. Uh, that's, not, that's not what they're bringing you in for. They're not bringing that's you right. in for lines on your cheek. That's right. Yep. Got to breathe breathe life into uh, to the script. Yes. So what was your character in that movie? What what you have to do? Was it something, was it a stretch or was it something that was kind of uh, easier to get into because you felt a connection? Um, I kind of felt the connection. This girl, this character, she was in school, um, though that wasn't shown, but it was, you know, implied that she was, um, going to a fashion school so that was always something I wanted to do so that kind of really helped um, connect uh, it helped me connect with that character and um, one other thing I loved from the producer who was also the screenwriter of Pride Jewel he allowed me to kind of mold that character into my own personality so I allowed myself to one tap into my the nice side of me because she is more nice uh like I'm more on the rougher side, like, okay, I'm more business. Um, and she's still kind of new to it. So the stretch when you were mentioning like, oh, was there a stretch for me? The stretch was um, I had to play a young 21 year old, like or a 22 year old. That was a stretch to me because I think I was in my late 20s. I think I was actually 30 at the time. Yeah, maybe like 29, 30 uh, when I played her. So for me to go back to the mindset of 21 was a little challenging, even <laughs> though the physical aspect of it may have fit in. But the mental, you know, as an actor, you have to really like work on the mentality like, OK, the 21 year old, even though yeah. like you're 10 years older than her, you know, so that was the challenge. But everything else, I think that kind of aligned. Um with my my personality and her character i think we, we met, made it happen i hope what well, was it very uh word for word had to be spoken or was there there a wiggle room for improvisation or there anything was, like that there was room for improv um yeah i think as long as it came off naturally that's really what mattered so yeah no Do you I, per I, oh go ahead no, no, no. Go ahead. Do you prefer to be line by line or do you like improv or what? what's your your take on that? 
um i don't really have a preference when it comes to that i do love and appreciate when the the director and everyone um allows me to or not allows me but just gives me the freedom to play because the moment i um i'm given the freedom to play then i'm able to really bring things into life and i think that's really for any actor and any artist is when you give them the freedom to just be they can come up with some cool creative things right and so you're thinking as a you know early 20s early 20 year old you're not thinking as you saying these lines like in uh yeah i mean because i don't know, I, I i say this a lot one of the guys that um trained me uh for wrestling with character work and stuff he said you know your character once you can if you like if your character goes into a mcdonald's and he orders some food and then he they find out or he finds out that the order has been messed up what would that character do and knowing like what that character would do at that moment could kind of be able to tell you what your character would do in any situation and because i'm yeah i mean it's yeah knowing your character is so important for anything with acting um i mean like you said you can just you could just go and say your lines and but you're not getting into who the character really is what the character is really all about um any of that no i well i you know so it's been a while i think yeah it's been ever since i moved to charleston um i've shifted and have done more business so it's been a while for me since i've uh, been in the mindset of an actor but i appreciate this conversation because it's nice to reminisce and go back to it i miss it um <clears throat> that being said though I, again, going back to that freedom, I love freedom to create. I miss the team, the the collaboration of when you're on set, you're working with the, the crew and the talent, and you guys are trying to figure out how to make this beautiful piece, right? Like you're trying to bring it to life. Um, I love and miss that. But um, where I was going with this was, you know, as an actor, I think in order for you to be able to pull off, whether it's the lines or just even to pull off the character that um, you got cast for or you're auditioning for, you really have to know your craft. You have to know yourself. You have to tap into those um, emotions of whatever the character requires you to do. And you can only do that when you go to gym, right? And for an actor, right. the gym is acting classes, right? Or acting workshops, improv classes. Like I I know when I was acting and I would attend these classes once a week and, you know, we're constantly working on our instrument as, uh, as they would call that, as teachers would call that, because that's really what it is, right? Like we have to make sure this right. is okay. This, our heart is okay. Our mind's okay. Our soul's okay. And still be able to tap into all these emotions to bring out this character, um, bring that character to life so that the camera captures it, right? Like that's so important. Um, and that all goes back to doing the work as an actor, going to that acting classes, doing the work at work in the gym, you know, working on that soul, that muscle. 
So have you gotten or thought about doing any for your, because you're, uh, you're in real estate as well right now? Yep. So I'm in commercial. Go ahead. I'm in commercial real estate right now. Um, Have I thought about acting or have I, I didn't mean to, I just wanted to uh, let you know I'm in commercial real estate. What was your question though? So I was going to say with your commercial real estate, have you thought about doing any, uh, making any commercials or anything for your, uh, for your, your, your company, your practice, uh, your, I guess it's it's you. So, I mean, uh, are you like, you know, bringing in people and being the director of it and, uh, you know, making some uh, commercial or something for, for it? (laughs) That's the goal. It's not happening at this moment. Um, there's just so much work. Uh, <laughs> my so I'm with a I work with a business partner who's been in the industry for 35 years in commercial real estate. So I work with him um, very closely. And um, one thing in addition to that, that I have background in acting, but my background really comes from uh, marketing, like. I've have over 10 years of marketing experience. I graduated with a marketing degree. So marketing is where I get to play. And again, one of the other reasons why I kind of um, left acting and modeling was to really continue exploring my passion for marketing, because that was another uh, area where I noticed I get to play and I had a lot of fun playing. Plus acting and modeling, I had a lot of fun playing there too. But I saw that, that there was more fire, more passion in marketing. So one of the other reasons why I moved to South Carolina was to explore what that looked like. And it kind of led me to commercial real estate because one, I saw a lot of opportunity on the marketing side that commercial real estate just lacked. There's technology opportunity there and commercial real estate is lacking at the moment. So there's a lot of things out there that I am definitely working on and wanting to bring to fruition at this moment because there's just so much happening I can't do it but it's definitely on my list like I would love to um yeah have my own crew I would love to film my own commercials like that is definitely the goal and that's where we're going it's just not anywhere in the near future but who knows that'd be fun yeah and so then Going to commercial real estate, I I have uh, like I heard that's kind of the way to go as opposed to residential. Um, it's it's a much better idea of doing that a lot less. Uh, because well, okay, here's what I heard. I with with someone who does who's who did residential for a long time and got into commercial. He said that the tenants are a lot more likely to keep their place in a presentable uh, manner. Like, like they, they keep it nice because it's also where they work and not just where they live. So they have to go and like, make sure there's like a nice appearance for the, the public to come in. So there, it's not going to be, there's not too many, businesses who just go and completely trash the place mm-hmm. that they're that they're in um I, I ask probably a good point there with that so there's actually a lot of product types in commercial real estate and um 
I think what you described um, primarily was on the retail side of things, uh, the retail tenants, um, even industrial tenants as well. Because again, the, those tenants, these are business owners. Of course, they're professionals, like they're in the business yeah. of making money. Um, and if they're running down a place, they're, they're clearly not doing the business right because right. they're supposed to be in the business of doing money, making money, right? Um, so yeah, I, I that's one of the reasons why I prefer commercial real estate, especially retail and industrial, because the tenants are different. They're more professional and it is yes or no. It's never like a maybe, maybe yes, maybe no, which is what you would get on the residential. Um, residential is more of an emotional purchase, right? Uh, a lot of times- the people who are buying homes, condos, whatnot, it's their very first purchase or maybe second very big purchase. So for them, like this attachment to money, like it is an emotional roller coaster. Um, and then when the family is involved and the culture is involved and all of this other ideas and it, it, it can get, it can turn into a whole snowball of emotions real fast. Yeah. And I just... Uh, my mom is a residential, so I see it. And, uh, and when I was getting my license, I'm like, uh, one thing I know for sure, I am not going to be residential <laughs> real estate. No, thank you. Um, yeah. So that's one of the reasons why I went to commercial. I love business. I love marketing. And it actually goes really well together. So it's been a lot of fun doing that. So are you doing the marketing for your uh, your? What would you call it? Is it a company or would you call it? A... So I, I broker with Coldwell Banker Commercial. <clears throat> uh -huh. um, but, you know, I'm I'm an independent contractor. I'm I'm an agent. Right. I'm a realtor. So, yeah, um, we just have a backing of a big company of Coldwell Banker representing us and we us representing them. Um, yeah, I think that kind of wraps it up. So one thing I learned about uh, realtors, so I had this shitty job at one point. Oh, I, I've had many shitty jobs. But, I think we all did. Yeah. But this shitty job in particular, uh, I was, let's see, it was a call center and they wanted to know who, like what accent around the country I could kind of sound like uh to make it sound like it's more you know personal when they call up so for some reason they picked south dakota for me i don't know why south dakota i'm from portland oregon but they they thought south dakota sounded good for me so okay what what i would do would this was for uh realtors to get their uh their listing on the first page of google and i'm sure you've gotten phone calls about this from people or i have a feeling you have um but for us like so if you want some if someone's searching commercial real estate in charleston south carolina you'd be on the front page of that but then there's also uh you know real estate in charleston south carolina is different or commercial real estate in Charleston is a different search as well. And, um, but one thing I learned though, they said that you can, cause all you have to do is go on to any of the websites and every realtor has their 
their phone number on there, their cell phone number. And realtors are very, will almost always pick up the phone no matter what, because you never know if it's going to be someone picking up. And so I, I felt like an asshole so much. That I was just like, they're like, uh, well, like, wait, why are you calling me? I'm like, well, your phone number is here on, uh, you know, online, you know, why, why, why wouldn't I be calling you? Right. And uh, like, how'd you get my number? Well, it's right here. And Oh gosh. Uh, so yeah, I, that was, that was something I did for a while, but that's something I, I learned about realtors was that they all always pick up their phone or if they don't pick up, you don't have to wait more than usually a half hour for them to call back. So. Well, thank um, you. Um, it's interesting. When was this? Because times have changed since uh, you had that job. I'll let you know. Yep. I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> it was probably maybe a decade ago, somewhere okay. in there, maybe a little less. Yeah. What, no, what's, what's the game now? <laughs> oh, well, you know, I'm, this is me sp speaking from experience. Uh, when my partner and I, when we call the agents, most of the time they don't pick up. Most of the time. Oh. Yeah. And when I remember when I first started, I would just be on social media trying to just get any tips, just anything. Like I was so hungry of, for, for knowledge as a new agent. So I just like look on Facebook and a lot of other agents would just say the same thing. Like, why aren't other agents picking up the phone? Like, I'm trying to refer business to you. Why are you not picking up the phone? You're not even returning my call. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah. So this was all recent. Um there are oftentimes you'll call agents. Maybe they'll call uh, a few hours later. Again, rare. They'll have to call them a second time, third time, and then they'll have to send a text and then they will reply. So yeah, not everybody picks up the phone. Oh. And so, yeah, my partner and I, we really make sure to go out of our way to pick up on everyone, including scammers for that exact reason. Um, because you just never know and yeah. i would rather just say hey please stop calling me remove my number rather than have a missed out on an opportunity from a client and give them a terrible um, impression of me just because i chose not to pick up my phone because i think they're a scammer like no right and yeah i mean i think that's kind of a thing uh i can't tell you how many friends i get called right now if i uh, even even pretty good friends uh, I could call up and they would pick up their phone. I might get a text back from them, you know, a little later, but there's there's not too many that will still pick up the phone. It's kind of gone uh, gone away of people wanting to talk on the phone, especially especially once COVID hit. Uh, I don't know why it hmm. became it seemed to become less people wanting to talk on the phone, but more more Zoom, but less less phone call. Yeah, it's it is so weird. Um, I wonder, like, we can probably even unpack this, and this could be like a whole day conversation if you think about it. We can even do research. Um, I'm curious because there's so many factors that play with this, right? Like, I'm sure the reason why people don't pick up the phone is because first thought in their head is, oh, it's a scam calling me, right? Like, because my right. friend's not gonna call me out of the blue they're going to text me first or they're going to send right. me an instagram story or whatnot i don't know um so like i think that's one of the mindsets like well, that's what's happening is because we have so many scammers calling us we're like immediately that's where our mind goes i yeah. don't know that's me yeah. just guessing uh, that's mm -hmm. 
Well, I mean, we'll have to do uh, another we'll one here whole... with that. We'll, yeah. we'll, that'll be that'll be the next one to unpack. Yes. Um, have, have you gone out to Myrtle Beach out there in I South have... Carolina? Not yet. I will be going there in October, so I'll report back. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's that's somewhere uh I've been I've been looking at. Um I wanted to check out. I so there there's a show uh and and the character they do a season down there in, in Myrtle Beach. And so uh I've always kinda like, oh, okay, I wanna I wanna check that out now. But um yeah, South Carolina. I, I had a buddy, not a buddy, a cousin who was in the Air Force, and that's South Car- and Charleston is where the Air Force base is, right? So there's yeah, we've got a base, we have a port in Charleston. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so our uh, I guess if you're not doing, yeah, I mean, it, does it, does it seem like there's a lot of people in town that are part of that, or like what kind of what kind of people are mm-hmm. out there in Charleston? We got different types. Are you talking about um? Uh, workforce yeah workforce are just people that you see walking around i mean i mean when i see people walking around um they're all regular people to me so regular civilians so i can't really tell right um uh, and i think that's a good thing i wouldn't want to yeah um but that being said you know like if you were to go to san francisco downtown for example you can immediately immediately tell who's in um who's a software engineer or who is in tech, right? Just based on right. the dress, they fit into that, like, I'm sorry to say stereotype, you know? And then again, yep. this messenger bag really just kind of gives it away because you can tell there's a computer in there or a backpack. Anyway, you can't really say, you can't really tell much uh, in Charleston because in Charleston, you have a mix of people. Uh, one, because Charleston is um, is, is a tourism destination, there's different types of um work available so and then there's also different types of people coming in too like you've got tourists and you've got regular uh workforce and uh we've got a lot of um industrial companies here as well so we've got volvo um we've got a couple of com- car companies out here we got boeing so <clears throat> Um, I know Google is establishing something here as well. So there's a lot of uh, job creations happening. And I definitely know there's going to be a lot of growth and job creation and economical growth, economical development. It's going to continue to grow in Charleston and the uh, nearby areas as well. I feel like all of South Carolina will eventually blow up um, too. So sorry, I know this is like a long-winded answer to your it's a podcast that's what's supposed to happen um so i you know it's a mix right now and i want to say it's i want to say it's like san francisco maybe 25 years ago when people were just like oh my god this is the next cool thing and at the same time because I can I can understand the locals' concern. They a majority of the locals in Charleston they want to um, retain the the history of Charleston. There's just it's a historical town. There's just so much history. If you go to downtown Charleston, you can just walk it and you will 
see so much history. You can go into the museums and learn so much history of America. Like you'll just be able to experience it firsthand. Like that's what's beautiful about Charleston. And I know a lot of locals want to retain, like keep that history as much as possible. But because new people are moving out of state, like, like Californians are moving to South Carolina, New Yorkers, Philadelphia, Florida, the locals are kind of getting scared of that the, the, the culture, the Charleston culture is going to change and shift. Um, I can kind of see that already being here for a couple of years. Um, I've adapted. I'm a very adaptable person. If I like something, I'm going to adapt to it. But I can feel and sense like I can tell, oh, this is a New Yorker driving because of the way that they aggressively swerve and driving on the road versus a local. They're more relaxed because that's this is what Charleston is known for. Like we're here hanging out. We're on vacation. We're laid back. We don't we're not in the go, go, go mindset. Um, We left that city. We left those big cities like San Francisco, New York to be here to take it easy and enjoy life. And so these newcomers, these newcomers, unfortunately, I'm one of them. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, like they're the ones kind of ruining everything. I'm doing my best to like bring awareness, not bring awareness that if you're going to move to a new city, you should adapt. Um, So, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that we'll be able to keep the culture, the the history of Charleston but also bring um, technology into it and maybe, yeah, like that growth that I'm talking about, that economical growth. And I'm hoping that that will be impacting the entire state in a positive way rather than a negative way. So we'll see. Yeah. How are you liking the the Southern, uh, Southern feel? Like uh, that's something I've, I haven't got to live anywhere in the south the further south i've lived is is uh salt lake city and that's that's not very south but like i i've i've wanted to live down there in the the southeast area um where? because it's different than where i've everywhere than i've been but uh how have you enjoyed it was it like i mean is it did it seem pretty pretty different with kind of how everything was or was it different like a a good surprise or what what where are you with with living down in the south um it was definitely yeah uh it was a definitely a big surprise um because when i was leaving california most most of my friends in california were saying be careful watch your back this is the south um they're very racist out there so just make sure to watch your back and i'm like Okay, I mean, how how worse can it get than it than it is already? Like I'm already in California. I've been through so much, including racism, um, sexism, all of it, um, and everything in between. I'm like, okay, let me try South Carolina. So I came to South Carolina with the mindset, like, be careful, there might be racists walking around. It's been a couple of years now, still have yet to meet a racist person. Um, so again, going back to I felt more racism, experienced more racism in San Francisco, which is known to be a mo- the most uh, diverse city in the country. Um, yeah, and it kind of beats New York, too, in many ways. Yeah. Um, and yeah, no, I, I've experienced more prejudice, more racism in San Francisco than I have in South Carolina. So that, that tells you something. That, it says a lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's kind of how 
Portland was like Portland's supposed to be this mm -hmm. thing, but it's like the most, uh, you know, racially segregated city in the country. And I mean, it's like, okay, this is like the place where there's no racism, no sexism. Yeah, no I heard it's great it's like, things about Wait a minute. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, yeah. The, okay. All right. So, yeah, you know, stuff isn't always, uh, but I mean, that's also something too. There's, uh, like when you tell, like, maybe that was their thing. They're like, oh yeah, everyone down here is uh, racist. Everyone here sucks. And so they don't have people, a bunch of people coming down there being, you know, like, oh, let's go down here because it's such a great place. Like, um, I think that was Portland's downfall. They mm. they won uh the, you know best best place to live one year in the country and then everybody flocked there. Um yep. And there are other places where it's been, you know, like, oh don't don't come here. This place is just it's cold, it sucks. What what are you gonna do here? And it's humid all the time. Don't don't come live here. And then but then it's it's a good way to, you know, kick kind of keep people from coming. You just gotta you gotta keep it keep it cool and uh yeah. Yeah, oh. yeah. It was um. I guess you just kind of reminded me of um. I had a again. I I don't consider that to be a racist inter interaction, but um, I did get like into a interaction with a local on Facebook where the somebody was saying like, "Oh, go back to where you came from." I was like, "Bro, like, I lived in San Francisco. We're still within the same country. Like, maybe you should just go back to school before you say go back to where you came from because you don't even know what that means. Right. Yeah. If you really unpack that question. You don't know what that means. What do you mean? <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, yeah. It's just, um, I think everybody needs to travel. That's that, that's really long story short. Everybody needs to travel so that more people can be more open minded and understand that being like stepping outside of your comfort zone, stepping outside of the environment that you grew up in is actually really good for your growth in your mindset. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Because now you're, you're one, you're exploring the unknown, but you're exploring, you're going on an adventure. Like that's supposed to be exciting. Yeah. And, do something exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I remember people like in their twenties and thirties and saying, I'm too old to do anything else. You know, oh, I I met a lot of people like that, and it's it's like, wait, hold on, like you, you have plenty of time to do something else. You're not you're not that stuck in your ways. You're not an old dog yet. Uh, we can still teach you some new tricks. Well, what is old to me? Like I feel like right. when someone says, "Oh, I'm too old," it's almost like a cop out. Like, damn. Right. So instead of saying, "Oh, I'm too lazy," or "Oh," I just don't care. Or, hey, listen, I hate myself so much and I am so miserable in life. I'm just going to use I'm too old as an excuse not to do the thing that I want to do, but I'm too scared to do. That's really right. what it is. It's a cop out answer. And so when someone says it, like I get triggered, I'm like, OK, I'm not talking to you. Don't even start. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's not going to do anything for them. And I mean, yeah. if it's it's all on them too to to want to. Exactly. do something different and i mean uh with that mindset you're gonna be kind of just there and it's like oh, okay this is some other external force's fault it's not my fault it's uh it's something yeah. else like oh i can't and then that just sets you up for like 
okay, well, this is it. It's not, there's nothing I can change. So. Exactly. Yeah. I think, um, you know, cause I used to be, I used to have that mindset too. And this was me in mid twenties. Uh, I remember feeling like, okay, was this it for me? Like I was in my corporate job at the time I was doing marketing and sales. Um, this was before acting. This was, I was overweight. I was over 200 pounds. I was in a very unhealthy relationship. And I remember having that question, like, is, is this all there is to life? Um, and then the moment I started to ask that question, things started to unpack and unravel and things started to kind of fall down and break. Um, and they, they, you know, I went through this whole rough patch, um, in my life and, it actually helped and inspired me to write a book about about that experience. And I published it this year, earlier this year. Congratulations. Um, thank you so much. And um, yeah. yeah, it actually helped me realize, one, you don't really have to settle for that mediocre life. You really don't. Like if you are starting to question if this is all there is to life, that's probably a sign that this is yep. not all that there is to life. This is a sign that you need to go and explore life on your terms. You need to go and explore you and see what you want. Figure out what who you are, how you are, what you like, what you don't like. You have this is a sign that you just need to go and go within and explore yourself. Um yeah. Very important to very, do very that. Yeah, yeah. Because the moment you can go inside yourself, figure out, okay, well, I'm very happy with this or I'm I'm okay with this. I can probably do more or whatnot. That's when you start to kind of like figure out like, okay, what can I drop and leave behind because that's dragging me and bringing me down? And what I, what can I do more of that will bring more joy into my life? And when you start asking yourself, what can I do more that brings more joy into my life every single day? That joy, like that mediocre life that you're used to, which always goes like on average, just like a regular line, if you ask yourself, like, what joy can I tap into today? What can I do to that will bring me joy? Now you're no longer going like sideways. Your everyday life gradually grows. And now you're continuously growing as well and becoming more happier day by day by day. And that's where that momentum of growth happens. You're enjoying your life more. You're experiencing life and in, in better ways. You're no longer dull you're no longer living that boring mediocre life that you're so used to right and i mean uh yeah from anything from uh you know a shitty relationship like relationships don't have to be shitty uh exactly. your, your your career doesn't have to be shitty yep. um waking up waking up on uh on on a monday morning can be a fucking great thing absolutely like, yeah you know uh waking up every day can be a great thing and yeah. it's it's okay for that it's okay for that and to kind of make everything that like nothing almost nothing is caused by external forces most everything in this world is because of what you are experiencing and what you choose to experience. And so you're the one that can change it. And you're the one that can like 
turn everything around. And it's it can be difficult. It doesn't have to be difficult. It might be, it might not be, but it also like one one little thing can switch everything around and you don't need to be it's okay to not feel miserable. And some people some people like feeling miserable because it gives them a pity party. And uh, for lack of better words, they, some people like to get that, oh, I'm sorry that happened to you and like get that little bit boost of feeling good. And um, it works for a while, but then eventually, yeah, that only goes so far. And then it's it's still then back on to yourself to make yourself feeling good. So, yeah. Um, there's oh that's a that's a another favorite topic of mine that could also in itself be a conversation um i think with what what you described you know when there's a lot of people who want that pity party i think because they're just so identified with that pain that it's so buried inside like they they're looking for other people to just kind of be like oh it's okay you know like it's fine when in reality, they need somebody to like shake them up and say, slap them yeah. up a little couple of times and be like, get out of it. Like you need to tap into that pain, work on that pain, heal that pain so you can then leave that pain or not even leave it, but like own that pain, but right. don't identify with that pain. Yeah. You aren't that pain. You that, aren't uh, that, that pain. Yeah. It, it's a thing that happened. And exactly. no matter how much it sucks, you can mm -hmm. always learn from it and you can always be able to unpack it and work through it. Um, and if if for some reason someone thinks that they can't get a hold of me, uh, I'll tell you, you can. Uh, I'll show that. you, I'll show you, you can. And I, I can do it in in two hours if you want. Okay. And yeah, I mean, uh it's it's doable it's doable anyone can get through at least at least make whatever it is not as impactful in their everyday life and be able to learn from it and grow from it and then that's that's when you get that release and you can move past it and you're you're not just this one event that happened to you that's right and if, if that is that's that's not a good way to look. That's not a good way to look at your life, thinking this this one event, this external thing that happened to me is everything I am now. And that's all I am. Mm -hmm. And that that's a mindset that needs to be changed. Yeah. And it's some people don't want to hear that. And those are the people that really need to hear it. <clears throat> Absolutely. And I mean, as you're saying this, three books really come to mind that really helped me during my time. Um when I was going through that uh, realization of, oh, I didn't, my problem, I didn't need to identify with that problem. Um, I could just be, I could just let it go. I could just be present. And I could just enjoy life like right now. What do you mean? That was so foreign to me at the time when I was going through it, because I was going through my reawakening uh, phase as you you can probably say it that way um and so the three books that really helped me sh shift that mindset was Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now and The New Earth I don't know if you've ever read those Rusty I have not 
Okay, I would definitely recommend those for you as well as definitely for your listeners, um, especially if you're resonating with what we're talking about. Um, those two books really, really helped me shift my mindset from being attached to that pain into yeah. being really present and just being okay, like being with my breath, being okay where I'm at right now. Um, I'm safe, <laughs> really, like because yeah, you'll you'll have all these like like those thoughts the anxiety of either the future or the past it's never in the present moment so the power of now by Eckhart Tolle really helped um shift that mindset and then what really tied everything together for me um in terms of what was my purpose on this planet and the before and the after of coming to this planet essentially like that really kind of filled in gaps for me and again this, this is more on the high like I don't know if this is real but it helped me just like on the spiritual level um and um yeah so I recommend this book as well to everybody so I think other people will like it too it's a book called Journey of Souls by Dr. Michael Newton have you read that one Rusty? I have not no huh I, I haven't dove in much into uh to this side of okay uh, of it uh i yeah those are my top Which... three books um yeah like yeah those helped me really get into one appreciating the present moment appreciating my purpose on this planet realizing that one i am not my pain i am not my experience i am more than that my purpose on this planet my life on this planet at this time at this moment is worth more than my pain and my past experience that I may have experienced 20, 30, 40, X, Y, Z years ago. Um, I'm more than that. And so are you. So, yeah. And then, book. so then that third book, I assume is the book that you wrote. No, no, that was Which, so. Oh, that was, three, okay. that was one book. Gotcha. Uh, the New Earth is the second book. They're both written by the same author, Eckhart Tolle. Okay. And All the right. third book is called Journey of Souls by Dr. Michael Newton. And if you want to learn more about me, if you want to read about my experience, my book is called Getting Lost in the Sauce. Um, and I put my real name, not my nickname, Aya. I put Aigul Hojadova. So if you go on Amazon, you'll be able to find it uh, by my real name, Aigul. That's my real name, Rusty. Aigul, <laughs> I like it. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, so then where else are people going to find you on the internet until, until you're coming back on the show, which I, uh, you need to, if you okay. can. Yes. Yes. Well, good. I'm, I'm glad you just put it out there. Cause I was going to say, yeah, we're going to have to schedule another one of these. Um, and Absolutely. maybe in, in between um, I'm hoping that we'll have some comments or maybe some interaction um, people giving their feedback in terms of what we talked about, but um yeah, I would love to um, hear from your listeners as well as from you. So I, let's let's uh, let's catch up in the next few months, maybe or yeah. Sure. But that sounds um, great. You can find me on uh, on Instagram under Aya Hodra. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Threads, even though I don't do anything there. What do you do on TikTok? What do I do on TikTok? <laughs> yeah, I, I like I like to ask people who are who are over twenty years old what they do on TikTok. 
Hey. <laughs> um, so right now I'm trying to figure out what I want to do with TikTok. Um, in the past, I used to just do uh, TED Talks, or I would call them TikToks. Um, so like inspirational messages um that would be like about a minute or two long um and i used to post them on the daily these would be motivational sometimes these would be marketing um strategy ideas and whatnot right now what i've been doing is really just kind of posting the behind the scenes of commercial real estate so the the warehouses or anything that they've leased or sold so my viewers can kind of see like get a glimpse of what commercial real estate looks like because there's actually not a lot um of content of commercial real estate and i also noticed um the agents the real the realtors the real estate agents um they don't know how to utilize the social media tools that are at their hand because they're not they're not artists they're not marketers they're not creatives and so like, these are all the things that I am. So yeah. I'm trying to figure out like, well, okay, how can I leverage all of my ex- expertise and stand out uh, from my, from the rest or from the competition? Um, so I'm, right now I'm just kind of playing with TikTok. Uh, I think I'm going to go back to my TED Talks, uh, TikToks. <laughs> what about you? Because I think I saw you on, uh, on TikTok. Uh, I have not I'm on I yeah I'm on TikTok I haven't got check yours out either I, I saw the ad TikTok I'm like okay I'm gonna have to to look that up um I did stuff I had random stuff for a while um I don't even remember what I have on there I had a a bunch of stuff that was like the first one was I think I don't know me talking about uh someone that. I went to return something that, uh, okay, well, long, long story short, I bought something at a garage sale and uh, then someone posted in the like a garage sale group on Facebook that someone stole stuff and the thing that was stolen was the thing that I bought. And so I called, the, I reached out to the person and said, hey, I, I bought this. And they said, okay, can we meet up with you? And, uh, you know, I'm like, sure, yeah, I'll I'll sell it back to you. And then, so I I met up with them. And as I got there, she wasn't there, but then the cops showed up. Um, And so that was was like my first videos was kind of ranting about that. But, uh, and that was right when I moved to this new town. I was in this new town for maybe two two weeks maybe and then so i got to know the the cops early in that one but um the rest was just random random stuff i don't i couldn't tell you what it was um i don't know so yeah there there's a lot on there but i haven't done much for a bit on tiktok i actually i do like tiktok and i haven't had any videos of me uh doing any uh tiktok dances or anything yet or or any of those so you know you never know maybe one day maybe one day i'll get into that that one but you know tiktok yeah. uh I, I i watch tiktok uh more than i post so yeah I, I do like tiktok and you know it's a shame because i like to dance too so and i don't do dance videos so oh, okay 
like I'm I'm I don't want to say like oh my gosh I'm like the perfect person no um but I like I have everything and yet I don't utilize them um so thanks for shaming me Rusty yeah that's well that's my goal that this is the uh Rusty Diamond public shame podcast thank Thank you. you for being here thank you so much for letting me um be on this hot seat um no but uh yeah no i think you're you're bringing a lot of awareness for me of uh i need to take advantage of all my skill sets and it's a great time to just play and i love social media because it's 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 a tool if you know how to use it and it's a bad tool if you don't know how to use it and what i love about social media is it really immediately tells you and shows you who's the creator and who's the consumer right absolutely um, <clears throat> i really do my best to be on the con- uh, uh creator side rather than the consumer side because um if i am a consumer i want to be definitely a conscious consumer rather than just consuming for the sake of filling a void right yep. um that happened a lot <laughs> during covid with yes facebook mm-hmm. and stuff i some mm-hmm. people spent the whole time just doing that just scrolling through all that yeah a dangerous it's a dangerous game um i'm noticing also the more i'm i'm consumed with my phone with technology and the more i'm like um processing digesting the feed of social media the less of a memory i have too like i don't remember things because like yeah you you i get all these motivational videos that are like six seconds long and now like one my attention spans uh shorter my memory spans even worse and it's like ooh, this is troublesome i don't like that so again really trying to find that uh middle ground where i'm the creator i'm control i'm in control of what i consume but also not uh letting the technology and social media consume me and control me so I think that's that's the balance that we all have to find is where we are not just consuming for the sake of consuming, but we're being conscious consumers and really taking good care of our mental health. Very, very important. Right. And now uh, the the memory. Uh, so whatever you're doing, just uh, don't ever think of the number four. Just totally forget the number four. Don't think about the number four. Do not think about the number four. That's all you need to do. Uh, just don't think about it. Don't think about the number four. Anyway, um, but also you are the best and, you know, you can do whatever you're doing, the best of what you do. Nobody can ha- has the same skill set you do and nobody can do that better than you. And like, there's, there's all that you have, all that access uh, put put it all together. That that's that's what this is about. You gotta just get it all together. Put it in a big old ball and throw it down a hill, and yeah. just let it go. Because I mean, no one, you know, is a very unique skill set, and yeah, no one else has that like you do. So, um, thank you. So much. Thank yeah, you. I have, yeah, I just want to tie this in because i know we're going up i don't know uh if you have a time um but i I don't have a time we we could go four hours right now if you wanted to but perfect perfect i was just gonna say this is perfect (laughs) i was just gonna say what you said like that's that's for you 
And that's for your listeners as well. Like you are so unique, the talents, the experience, the entire story of yours. That's what makes you you. And that's what makes you special. Tap into that. Show that off into the world. Use that. Like that's your special sauce. Step into that special sauce. Own that special sauce and just show it off. And like, I love what you said, like just put it all in a bowl and just throw it out there. Put it out there. Yeah, and that's what I'm going to do. Thank you, Rusty. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I thank you so much. I, I had a great time talking with you. And like, like I said, we'll we'll have a, a part two and probably more than that after this. So absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Rusty. You're welcome. All right. Have a great day. Yes, you too. Bye. Thank you. Bye. All right. That's Aya Hojadova. So um, yeah, get a hold of her. I liked talking with her. That was fun. So you guys, thank you so much for being here on the Quantum Global Broadcasting Network, QGEBN. Maybe you want to call in and leave some messages about the show and the episode. You can call in and do that, uh, 503-974-6420. Maybe you like leaving messages, or maybe you don't like leaving messages. Messages? Messages? We don't leave no speaking messages. But I need messages, so give them to me. Thank you, everyone. Thanks to our sponsors, Fred Ben Savage's Buck, Stoner Eats Productions, Hardcore Entertainment, Hypnosis is Great, and Sock em Up. Go to SockEmUp.org. Be able to donate some socks. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And that is the show. Man. Boom. It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. Ernest! 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 <coughs> yes, Pee-wee. You brought the snacks, right? <laughs>